illegal participation on the defense. 15-yard penalty from the previous spot remains first down. This had better be a big play after all of that. Second down at eight, four and a half to go in the half, six nothing Beavers. Jonathan from the right hash from the zone 25, goes back to throw, and throws the out, and it's caught, and it's going to be a big play! Chad Johnson down the left sideline, nobody will catch Chad, and it's a touchdown 75 yards for the Beavers! This is the moment, and right here will tell perhaps all about that. Third and one and a half from the right hash. Simon's in the handoff, can't cut to the left, first down and more, 30, 25, 20, Simonton on his way, 10, into the end zone, touchdown Beavers, and the streak is going to end here tonight. The snap on target to Nick. he gets a much better punt away here, Sammy Strotter back to his 30 yard line, starts up the middle, gets to the 40, he's got a seam, 45 midfield, 45, 40, he's got a chance to go, 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown. Welcome to Illegal Participation, the official podcast of the Heiner Tailgater. Recording this while firmly ensconced at the Heiner Tailgater headquarters, I'm your host, head chef, planner, and chief bottle washer, Bill Heine Heinrich. Joining me as always from the Heiner Tailgater Northern Command Outpost, the lead driver and director of thermodynamic liquid immersion, my co-host and brother, the Beach. Beach, how you doing tonight? Dude, better than some, worse than others. Yeah, there you go. That's pretty much is it, huh? <laughs> how you doing, Billy? I'm doing pretty good. Show number 99, Beach. We're going to be hitting triple digits. I know, the triple dig. It's crazy. We need to get a cake. We need a cake or something. No, we don't need no cake. Hey, speaking of, of uh, did anybody give me a compliment that I requested from last week? Oh, crap. And you know did, what? Did I we forget. get a review? I forgot. You didn't to... check the reviews. I, I, I directly asked for some reviews, and you don't even bother to check the damn thing. You know what? And I was thinking today, oh, I need to check for that. And I totally okay, well, forgot. Okay, well, well, I'm doing one of my little bits. You can check, okay? Yeah, well, I just hit it, so it's coming up now. So we'll see. Oh, okay. All right. The purpose okay. of illegal participation is for us to spread our insight, experiences, and passion for the Oregon State Beavers with others. And just generally talk some beaver sports, football, tailgating, and screw around a little bit every week. Um, I want to remind everyone you can listen to us on your iPhone or Android device on the Stitcher Radio app. You can also subscribe to us on iTunes, which I never check to see if you leave a rating and review, but, you know, you always can. <laughs> you know, just, just because. Yeah. And you didn't even send me a uh, an outline for what today's topics are. Oh, I didn't? I thought I did. No, I got nothing here. I'm, I'm, oh. I'm, I'm, I'm blank. Right. Well, that's okay. I want to remind everyone, if you want to get in contact with us, there's a couple different ways. You can send us an email, uh, HeinrichTailgator at gmail.com. Follow me on Twitter. I'm at HeinrichTailgator. And also check out HeinrichTailgator on Facebook. All right, Beach. I, I, think I, ju- I think I just found out who the jackass of the week is this week. That would be you. Oh, I thought maybe you were going to take the title. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm not one who doesn't bother to look at the reviews or send the copy of the uh, of the outline to me. But that's all right. I'll I'll still suffer through tonight. What do we got? Well, Beach. First up is women's volleyball. I love women's volleyball, Billy. How are we doing? Actually, Beach had a pretty good uh, had a pretty good uh, week. I wouldn't know because I don't have an outline. Well, the Oregon State volleyball team took down number 14 Washington Friday night in a five-set thriller in Seattle. Now, it marks the first time the Beavs have defeated the Huskies since 2001. Wow. Yeah. 16 years we finally beat the Huskies in volleyball. In volleyball, yeah. Then uh, the red-hot Oregon State volleyball team defeated Washington State in an intense five-set match Sunday afternoon. Now, the win over the Cougs completed OSU's first road sweep since 2011 and the first sweep of the Washington schools since 1990. Wow. Yeah. Now, the Beavs, oh. the Beavs improved to 13-7 and overall and 3-5 and in the Pac-12. They've won three of their last four matches and return home next week to host Arizona on Wednesday and Arizona State on Friday at Gill Coliseum. Now, both those matches will be televised on the Pac-12 network. So that's good. Cool. Yeah, yeah that's awesome. Now I was trying to nice look... to nice to see the volleyball team finally turn the corner. Yeah, totally. Well, they're they're working on it. They're working on it. Trying Seems to... like it's always a rebuilding year. Yeah, I'm trying to find. So just today, Beach, it was announced uh-huh. by the Pac-12 that. Uh, as the team swept through the state of Washington over the weekend, they also swept the Pac-12 weekly awards. Nice. Oregon State senior outside hitter Mary Kate Marshall has been named as the Pac-12 Conference's Offensive Player of the Week. Freshman Libro Grace Massey is the Pac-12 Defensive Player of the Week. And outside hitter Maddie Goings is the league's Freshman of the Week. Nice. So that's awesome. They swept all three of the uh, – all three of the um, – Categories there, so that's a good way, good, great way for the beeves to go up. Well, you know, this is the the generation where everybody gets a trophy, though. So, yeah, hey, it was good to see. It was good to yeah, see. Yeah, no, that's good. That's it's awesome. All right, beeves, let's move on to women's soccer. All right, the Oregon women in ponytails and short shorts. What go. do we got? The Oregon State women's soccer team created a number of scoring chances, but was unable to find the net Friday evening as the Beavs fell to Arizona two to nothing at Lorenz Field in Corvallis. They are now four seven three overall, one four and one in the Pac-12, and will hit hit the road next week when they head to the Bay Area for a matchup with number eighteen Cal on Thursday. Playing the boy, the girls from Berkeley. Playing the girls from Berkeley. Now, the men's soccer, after suffering a 2-0 setback to Cal on Thursday, Oregon State University's men's soccer program withstood a vaunted attack through the majority of the match from defending national champion Stanford on Sunday at Laird Q. Kagan Stadium, but a second-half goal left them with a 1-0 loss. The men are now 4-9-0 overall, 1-4-0 in the Pac-12, and return to Paul Lorenz Field on Thursday when Cal pays a visit to Corvallis. That game will be broadcast live on the Pac-12 Networks with a kickoff set for 3 p.m. And that's what day again? Uh, that was Thursday. Okay. Okay. All right, Beach. Uh, last up in our uh, sports updates is women's basketball. 
and how are how is Coach Rook and the girls doing? Well, they haven't started yet, but they had the uh, preseason uh, get together in uh, L.A. and the uh, preseason media poll came out. UCLA was picked to finish first and got seven of the twelve votes. And this is, this is nationally or Pac-12? Pac-12. Okay. This is all done by the Pac-12 coaches. Okay. So uh, you've got you've got uh, twelve coaches voting, and so they uh, UCLA received seven of the first place votes and uh, ended up number one in the preseason poll. Oregon ended up with three votes and Stanford a two, but they tied with the overall points. And Oregon State okay. Oregon State came in at number four, so having to uh, replace Sydney Weiss, but still ended up fourth. So that's pretty good, considering they mm-hmm. only have one senior. So it's not too bad. Now that uh, the the drama that was going on with the uh, the uh, Adidas and potentially Nike and all that that was only in the men's basketball, was it not? Well, that that is still ongoing. Well, and who who got let go today? Who got let go from where? Oh golly, the coach. Um, coach got fired today. Who what coach got fired? Well, they've been getting rid of Patino. Yeah. Um, did he finally get let go today? Yeah, he got let go today from what I heard on the news. Well, I know he did. Yeah, Rick, Rick Patino fired his Louisville basketball coach amid massive bribery probe. Yeah. Yep, that's what it looks like. Yep, so that was five hours ago. Yep, yep, yep. He, well, he, he'd been placed on leave, and it was only a matter of time. They just had to go through the machinations to get him out. Gotcha. But, right. but pretty much only on the men's side on the bribery stuff? From what we know, yes. Okay. From what we know. But it's still an ongoing investigation, so we don't know everything. All right. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, what's next, Billy? Oh, oh. Do you hear that, Billy? Oh, holy cow. I think you're right, man. Yeah, it's amazing since I don't even have a freaking outline for today's thing. Yeah, is that the teletype? It is the teletype, Billy. Hold on. Let me rip, rip this bitch off here. Hold on. Hold on. Ooh, that was a good rip. <laughs> you better believe it. Billy. Yes, Beach. This just in. U of O struggles to maintain in-state <laughs> enrollment. Really? This, this is from Casey Crowley of the failing Daily Emerald. <laughs> okay. says here, the number of college-ready Oregon high school graduates is shrinking, leaving U of O searching for ways to maintain in-state enrollment numbers. According to Roger Thompson, Vice President of Student Services and Enrollment, to maintain the number of in-state students, the school would need to increase the percentage of in-state college-ready high school graduates that come to U of O. Overall, the school hopes to grow the number of students from in-state, out-of-state, and from all over the world. We focus on our resident students here in Oregon, and we work really hard to recruit the best of our Oregon students, and then we do the same thing for the other 49 states, and then also for international students, said Thompson. According to Thompson, there's actually been an increase in the number of high school students graduating in the state of Oregon. However, students are deciding not to go to college, or they aren't ready when they graduate. There has been a dip in students taking college admissions tests in Oregon, Thompson predicts that the number of college-ready students in Oregon will continue to decrease until at least 2022. This makes the job of college recruiters at the U of O harder harder, and in order to achieve their goal of increasing overall enrollment, the school has hired more in- and out-of-state recruiters. 
it has become more difficult because the bottom line is you have a shrinking pie. The number of students going to college is shrinking. The number of colleges recruiting them is actually increasing, said Thompson. Thompson credits the issue of college-ready high school grads from Oregon to two main problems, the decreasing birth rate in the state and low graduation rate. According to the U.S. Department of Education, Oregon's uh, according to the U.S. Department of Education, Oregon's high school graduation rate is one of the lowest in the country at 68.7 percent. That is just pathetic. Absolutely. Can you believe that? One way the school can increase overall enrollment is by focusing more on recruiting international students. Thompson says the U of O does not consider how much students will pay or are able to pay when deciding who to admit. <coughs> According to U of O. Bullshit. According to the sorry. According to U of O spokesman to- Tobin Klinger, the school makes budgetary decisions based on projected enrollment revenue. You don't have the budget developer saying to Roger, go out and get us another fifty students from here because we need to cover costs. It's the opposite, said Klinger. And now my response. Ah, free market economics at its best. U of O needs to get asses in the seats, and people are taking their asses elsewhere. U of O admit can claim a lack of college-ready high school students, or a shrinking birth rate, or even a lack of available college financial aid. But the fact is the population is still increasing, and financial aid is way too accessible in my opinion. And the Ducks would take a high school dropout if he or she had a large enough trust fund. It is just the fact that students are choosing to go do other things with themselves and their money. Maybe students are realizing that a liberal arts degree doesn't pay crap. Maybe they're realizing they're paying an obscene amount of money to fund the exorbitant salaries of worthless professors and administration. Maybe they've been watching PragerU videos online and feel that they can learn more in a five-minute video than they can over the course of four years from a substandard university. Or perhaps these younger students vomit at the sight of green and yellow. Or perhaps, just perhaps, they don't want to be associated with a school synonymous with a sports team that continually chokes during the big game. I don't know what all the reasons are. All I do know is that we can look forward to fewer and fewer ducks in the next decade. And that's a good thing. And there is your update from Eugene. But you know what that doesn't mean? What doesn't it mean, Billy? Fewer duck fans. That's true, because most of the duck fans don't go to the U of O. There you go. But they still all choke on the big one. Like a cheap whore, they choke on the big one. All right, Beach. Are you ready to go under further review in the week uh, in the Pac-12 for Week Seven? After further review, the runner did cross the line. The Touchdown! Yes, let's do this, Billy. All right, Beach. Uh, looks like heading into the weekend, uh, Kyle had jumped out to a 34 to f- out of 50 lead. I was in second at 32 out of 50, and you were in third at 31 out of 50. Yeah, I know. All right, Beach. You, you know, you know what the you know what the hind tit tastes like, Billy? Because that's what I'm sucking. I'm sucking on the hind tit over here. I, I hate you, Kyle. I hate you. All right, Beach. So first up, we had one game on Friday, October 13th. We had Washington State at Cal. Who'd you take? I took Washington State because I was a fool. Actually, all three of us took Wazoo, and we all got played the fool. Cal quarterback Ross Bauer scored on a flipping touchdown leap. And the Golden Bears used a dominant defensive performance to stun number eight Washington State 37-3 on Friday night for their first win in 14 years against a top 10 team. 
I, you know, I watched part of that game. I watched the first half. Mm-hmm. Cal looked like they were just wanting that game. Yeah. Every player was in that game and they were playing to win. And Washington State just looked like they showed up. Yeah. You know, well, well, Cameron Bynum, put, put their jerseys on and went out there and thought, you know, let's play some street ball yeah. and see how it goes. Well, Cameron Bynum had two of Cal's five interceptions against Luke Falk. And the Bears overwhelmed the Cougars for a signature win under first-year coach Justin Wilcox. The Cougars committed three turnovers in the first half, missed a field goal, and had a one-yard punt in the final minute of the half that set up a touchdown that made it 17-3 to at break. So the uh, Wazoo had seven turnovers overall, and I believe, I want to say like 10 or 12 sacks. Never win a game with those kind oh, of stats. No, they just got destroyed. It just looked like crap. Just mm-hmm. look like crap. So none of us got the point there. All right, Beach. All the rest of the games were on Saturday. First up, we had Utah at USC. I believe I took Utah on that one. Did I not? Um, you did. Um, so did I. And Kyle? Kyle took USC. And is Kyle getting further ahead of us, or is after, Kyle coming back down to reality? After quarterback Sam Darnold led USC to three long-scoring drives in the second half, the Trojans stopped a two-point conversion attempt by Utah with 42 seconds to play to edge the Utes 28-7. to Now, USC trailed 21-7 to at the half before scoring, before scoring touchdowns on drives of 98, 88, and 98 yards in the second half. USC went on to win the game. So uh, Utah, Utah, Utah scored uh, with 42 seconds to go and decided to go for two and did not get it. Gutsy so call. Going, so they went for two in the first half and for two in the second half? No, they went for two with 42 seconds to play. Oh, okay. Going okay, gotcha. Win. Did not okay. get it. USC held on. All right. So Kyle gets the point there. Up next, Beads. Beach, UCLA at Arizona. Um, I took Arizona on this one because R came after C, I think. Uh, Kyle also took U Arizona. I, on the other hand, took UCLA. Now, quarterback Khalil Tate followed up last week's record-setting performance with another strong run, rushing for 230 yards and two touchdowns to lead Arizona over UCLA 47-30. Now, Tate who got the start after rushing for 327 yards last week, took the fourth play of the game for a 45-yard TD and added added a 71-yard TD in the third. UCLA's Josh Rosen, the nation's leader in passing yards and total offense under the game, threw for 219 yards but was held without a TD pass for the first time since the 2015 season. His three interceptions hurt the Bruins. The first was picked off by Jace Whitaker in the end zone early in the second quarter. And the second was returned 42 yards for a touchdown by Whitaker, also in the second. Hmm? So you and Kyle get the points there. I get nothing. Yep. Bear down, Billy. Bear and, down. Yeah, I got bear down on there. Uh, next up was Washington at Arizona State. Washington at Arizona State. I think it t- I know I took Washington. I broke my own rule on this one. Even though that I think Greg said I was totally legit on my math, but yeah. I don't think so. I, too, took uh, Washington. So did Kyle. Now, Manny Wilkins completed 29 of 41 passes for 245 yards, and ASU's defense smothered Washington most of the game 
and the Devils stunned number five Washington 13 to seven Saturday night. Now Washington lost to ASU for the seventh straight time, and they have not won in Tempe since 2001. How the hell does that happen? Yeah. The Sun Devils had allowed 30 points in 11 straight games, and UW came in averaging 43 points a game. But UW did not score their touchdown until late in the fourth quarter. So it's like the Washington schools just fell flat on their face. They did, and Washington also lost an offensive lineman and a cornerback for the season in that game. Ooh. And they just did not look like the same team that decimated Cal the week before. Neither did Cal look like the team that got decimated by Washington the week before. <laughs> did they um, – was the weather a factor? Was it hot down in Arizona or anything no, like that? No, they played so late in the evening, I think it was fine. Hmm. So, yeah, they, they just looked like crap. All right, Beach, two more games to go. First up, Oregon at Stanford. I took Stanford on that one. Uh, all three of us did. Now, Stanford running back Bryce Love needed less than five minutes to reach the 100-yard rushing mark for the ninth consecutive game – has used another big run to fuel number 23 Stanford's 49-7 victory over Oregon on Saturday. Now Love's 67-yard touchdown run with 423, uh, just 423 in was his second touchdown of the game, and the nation's leading rusher finished with 147 yards on just 17 carries to help the Cardinal win their fourth straight. Now Oregon only completed one pass in the first 39 minutes of the game. So Braxton Burmaster uh, started at quarterback for Oregon, but he was relieved by Taylor Ali. And, and neither of them. What's uh... – Burmeister is the uh, true freshman. Ali is a is a senior. Okay. What What's Oregon's record now? Oh, I believe they're 3-3. Three and three. Okay. Yeah. So without Herbert, they have not looked good at all. And they could not stop the rush – to save their butt on Saturday. And uh, from what I hear, though, they, they did report that Herbert has been throwing the ball already. Not that he's ready to come back yet, but he has been, been thrown. So. And they need him back badly. All right, so all three of us got the point there, which is good, because that was my only point of the week. <laughs> yeah. Well, you only got two there, Mr. Haha. Okay, what did Kyle get? Kyle ended up with three. But the last game of the week was Colorado at Oregon State. And did we all take the Beavers on that one? All three of us took the Beavers. Um, all right. Jordan uh, Shukar's 52-yard field goal attempt for the Beavs with 10 seconds left was short, denying Oregon State a shot at an upset. As the Beavs fell, 36-33. to Now running back Ryan Nall finished with 172 yards rushing and three touchdowns in one of the team's most competitive games of the season, the Beavs ended up with 569 yards of offense, the second most ever in what we can call the Gary Anderson era. Yeah. It, you know, it was fun to watch. You know, mom, mom's sitting next to me about halfway through the game. Mom's like, wow, I forgot how exciting a football game can be when you actually cheer and, and get excited. Yeah. Like, I mean, it was, it was, it was fun. Yeah, it was. And uh, even uh, Jenny, the the young lady who sat next to me, who won the uh, the raffle for the extra ticket, uh, she had a pretty good time. Yeah, good. <laughs> right on. Yeah, no, it was a good game. I really liked the energy the the team came out with. I liked the play calling offensively a hell of a lot better this week. 
they actually, our receivers seem to be. I don't know if the 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 quarterback was better on or if the receivers were stretching more, but they sure pulled down some good plays. I, I think a little bit of both. I liked how the offensive line was blocking. I I just I liked mm-hmm. how they played. I liked how the defense played. You do, know? do you think that was due to the change in head coach, or do you think they were playing for Anderson? To... I, I think there's some there's some definitely some emotion there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think definitely some emotion there. But I just liked how they played. It was just fun to watch. So let's hope they keep it up. Mm-hmm. Hope they keep it up. But, uh, yeah, it was it was a fun game to watch. I mean, I'm sad the Beavs lost, but, uh, you know, it makes me feel good about the future. Mm-hmm. Keep it up. So uh, we can also talk about the tailgater beach. It was an awesome tailgater. Tailgater was great. Considering we don't have a coach and we don't even have a Pac-12 win this year, we had a great turnout for our tailgater Tailgater for a one o'clock game. Yeah, it was great. A lot of people showed up. Your tri-tip was amazing. Oh, yeah. That was fantastic. I never got a chance to eat any of the eggs, but uh, my, my pancakes, you know, for what they were, were pretty good, too. Yeah, yeah. Yep, yep, yep. All the meat and the eggs. I think everything turned out pretty well. Yeah, we did a pretty decent job. Didn't go through a lot of beer, but we went through a lot of Bloody Marys. That was crazy. I know. They kept going, you got any Bloody Mary mix? What's crazy to me is that we actually had extra Bloody Mary mix. I I tried to bring out plenty, so I just don't put it all out there. That way to just kind of temper it as they go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it 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 was good. It was good. Had a good time. I think everybody enjoyed it, so. So now we got a week off with a, uh. By a week oh, this week. week. A week and a half. Yeah. And then we have got a Thursday night game coming up next week. So do we, and what time is that game? I believe the kickoff is six. Okay. Yeah. Oh, looking at it right here. 6 p.m. Yes. Awesome. All right, and it's going to, and, it, and that's going to be, uh, that's going to be sausage fest 2017. Sausage. Correct. It'll be 10 years of having sausages our actual 11th sausage fest, but 10 years of having sausages. Correct. And uh, are you getting those? Uh, are we getting ever good again as we always do? Always, yes. Okay. All right. Um, okay. Let's, let's I'm, go. I'm excited. All right. Let's go to the Pac-12 in the polls, Beach. Um, polls came out yesterday, and uh, U.S. I'm sure they're really messed up. From, are they messed up from everything that went on yesterday well, or last week? Hell, there was four top ten teams that lost. Um, number two, Clemson lost on the road to Syracuse. Is Syracuse not that good? Hadn't been up, up until this week. Um, but their quarterback, uh, I think his name is Eric Dungy, um, mm-hmm. was from Lake Oswego. Yeah, so he okay. helped lead the, the upset of the number two team in the nation. So there, there was a bunch of stuff around. Where the Pac-12 teams ended up, USC moved up to 11. Washington fell all the way to 12. Wazoo down to 15. Stanford up to 22. And Utah is in the others receiving votes category. Now in the USA Today coaches poll, USC crawled to 10. Washington again fell to 12. Wazoo at 18, Stanford at 22, and Utah is in the others receiving votes category. And pretty soon we should be getting a playoff uh, um, poll, our first playoff poll of the uh, of the season. Mm-hmm. So, all right, Beach, it is now time for our musical interlude of the week. And as I promised Kyle earlier this season, I hate you, Kyle, I told him he could pick a song. So this week he has picked a song, and I will read – from the email that uh, Kyle wrote. It says, Soundtrack songs usually come in two forms, a song written for a movie or a song that already existed and is brought into a movie. The music of Queen has been featured in many films. 
Their song Bohemian Rhapsody was used to establish the characters and tone of the movie Wayne's World. They were commissioned to write the soundtrack to the 1980 film Flash Gordon. For the 1986 film The Highlander, Queen was asked to provide one song for the film. Upon viewing a rough cut of the film, they asked that they could provide more songs for the film. There was never an official soundtrack album released for this movie, but the songs appear on Queen's album, A Kind of Magic, which is kind of an unofficial soundtrack album. But of the songs of that album, three did not appear in the movie. The first song on the album was previously released as a single in late 1985 and was featured in a different movie, 1986's Iron Eagle. So here is Queen's One Vision.
All right, Beach, I do love that song. You know, honest to God, Billy, I've never heard that song in my life that I know of. Oh, I'm yeah, you yeah, you have. But, have I? Yep, probably. And I just okay. wanted to say that at the end of that song, Freddie Mercury does say, Give me fried chicken. Really? He does say that, yes. So I love it's a great song, Beach. And I first of all, I know you've seen Iron Eagle. About the kid who's got to go save his dad, who was like shot down in Iraq or Iran. And he's and he's and he's all about the uh, and he's all about his uh, music his, yeah. and his Walkman, right? Exactly. And it's not not Danny Glover, uh, Lewis, the other Lewis, the other black actor at that time. Louis Gossett Jr. <laughs> the other black actor, you know, there's only two back then. Is, it was, <laughs> was wasn't he Chappie? Yeah, Chappie. Yeah. Well, there's systemic racism in Hollywood, so they only allowed two blacks at a time. No, no. Well, no, a... Billy D. Williams. So there's three. Yeah, there's three. What about James Earl Jones. Um. Well, he only did the voice. He really was an actor. Yeah, he actor. was. He was. He did plenty of parts. Okay, leave it alone. He was freaking Darth Vader. You only ever heard him. And a couple years later, he was in Field of Dreams. Oh, that's right. He James, was in Field of Dreams. James Earl Jones has been acting since the '60s. Mufasa. Yeah. Ooh, say it again. <laughs> Mufasa. Ooh. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> Anyways, no. So yeah, Louis Gossett Jr. <clears throat> okay. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's a sequel to that that was kind of like the repeat of the first one, and it really sucked. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. yeah. Hey, this movie made a lot of money. Should we make another one? Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> what do we do? Oh, so well, we'll do it in a different country. All right. All right, Beach. Uh, it is now time to make our uh, – good good pick, Kyle. That's 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 really good. Now, the reason why he picked that – I don't know if he says it in there why he picked it. The reason why he picked that, Beach, is because he's a huge Highland, the Highlander fan. Okay. And there's, I believe he's got tickets to go down to a Highlander convention this weekend. Let me double check here. I'm looking at my messages from Kyle. He said, of course, I picked the album because I will be at the Highlander convention in L.A. this weekend. But the song probably fits the mood of the show better than Who Wants to Live Forever. Right? So, uh, Who Wants to Live Forever is the big song on A Kind of Magic. That was in the Highlander, mm-hmm. you know, but uh, that song's a little more uh, subdued. It's a great song, yeah. but anyways. Right, you know, one of the songs, one of the songs, not to sidetrack us too much, but one of the songs I've always enjoyed from Queen, because mm-hmm. it seems a little bit out of their norm, mm-hmm. is Stone Cold Crazy. Oh, it's a great song. Yeah, that one just, and then to have Metallica cover it, mm-hmm. it's kind of crazy to think Metallica covering a, a uh, Queen song. Yeah. Now, now but, just, just, just as a thing there. Did you know that a current popular pop star got their name from a Queen song? No. Who's this? Lady Gaga. From from, uh, from the song Radio Radio Gaga. Wow. Yeah. I did not know this. That's where she got her name. Wow! Look, we're in. It's like little random facts. Yeah. I always said if I ever got on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, you'd be my you'd be my call. I'm so full of useless information. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Beach. Let's go to week number eight in the Pac-12. Um, all okay. the games are on Saturday, October 21st. I kind of like a week like this because we get to sit back. We don't have any dogs in the fight. Except we do have to prepare for our dogs for next Thursday, but that's it. Yeah, there you go. All right, Beach. Up first, Arizona State at Utah. Who do you got? I think uh, Arizona State's effort was a one and done. I'm picking Utah. Really? Okay. Kyle says Utah because they are at home. 
I too am going Utah. We'll see if uh, Khalil Tate or uh, Manny Wilkins is it Khalil uh, Manny Wilkins Khalil Tate's at Arizona. We'll see if Manny Wilkins can keep it up a second week. I don't think they can. Okay. Okay. Uh, up next, Beach, Oregon at UCLA. Oregon at UCLA. Um, I'm going to pick UCLA mainly because I just despise Oregon with my whole inner core. I, too, am taking UCLA. Kyle says UCLA because they are at home. All right, there you go. <laughs> I see a theme with Kyle here this week. Yeah. Uh, up next, uh, USC at Notre Dame. Playing for the bejeweled shillelagh. That good old bejeweled shillelagh. Um, at Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. How's Notre Dame doing this year? Uh, they're ranked tenth. Hmm. Let me look. They're top. Uh, let's see here. UCLA is ranked. Number thirteen, UCLA is eleven or USC is eleven. Excuse me. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna take uh, Notre Dame because well, there's touchdown Jesus and well, they're God's team. Uh, Kyle is also taking Notre Dame because they are at home. I, on the other hand, am taking USC. I just think they have superior athletes. Wow. All right. Superior athletes. Up next, Arizona at Cal. Arizona at Cal. That's interesting. Uh, I think Cal found their groove. I'm going to Cal. Kyle, too, is taking Cal because they are at home. I, on the other hand, am taking Arizona. I think uh, Arizona is actually looking pretty good. I don't know if they'll be able to stop that Khalil Tate. Okay. Well, I, I just – Cal was on fire last week, and mm-hmm. I just I, – I think if they play again like they, they did – Mm-hmm. I don't think there's anything stopping them. All right, up next. Well, part of it you got to, you know, up next, Colorado at Washington State. Um, yeah, Washington State's going to get their mojo back. Washington Kyle, State for the win. Kyle says Washington State because they are at home. I, too, am taking Washington State because I don't think you can shut that offense down two weeks in a row. All right, there we go. So cool. Let's see how how we uh, um make it there after the week's over. All right, Beach. So now it will be time for you to pull out your phone, and I sent you a link a link earlier. Okay. Okay. I I see the title. Okay. So it is now time for this week's Tanner Boyle makes me want to puke. Play of the week. Frog, does that booger eat and spaz make me want to puke? All right, Beach. So I want you to get ready to push on the link. And you can see what it says. Link pushing is downloading now, but it's only. Okay. It says. Okay, watch this NC State lineman. Yep. You want me to read it? Yeah, go it ahead. says, watch this NC State lineman look down at his finger and realize it's bent completely sideways. Yep. Go ahead. Click on it. Take a watch. I am. Oh, God. Holy crap. 
holy crap, he's as shocked as I am. He didn't even know it was sideways. No. And then he saw it. Yeah. He just knew it hurt. Holy. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, God, how does a finger do that? Uh, it's like a really bad metal sign. Oh, God. Yeah. Not gnarly? Yeah. Because it's, it's... Oh, God, he's like... It, it's the realization when he sees it. He's like, oh, he doesn't even look at it after he sees it. No, no. That no. can't be undone. No. Now, now here, you want to know the... It's just his pinky finger, but yeah, it's pretty much almost at a 90-degree angle. Oh, God, yes. Yeah. Now, now oh. you want to hear the crazy part? He came back into the game later. Wow. Did he still have a finger? And got a pass deflection. Really? Which means he had to put his hand up in front of a ball. <laughs> that had to hurt like hell. That, that's, oh. That's a man right there. That's Didn't you man. say, was it Tony Dorsett? Who? who? Ronnie Lott. Oh, Ronnie Lott was the one that, yeah, he uh, broke his pinky. And they said, you can't play because your pinky's broken. We got to stabilize it. So we had him cut off the tip of his pinky. So he could go back in the game and finish it up. Yeah, no, so he could play the next week. Oh, okay. Yeah, he wanted to play again, so they just took took part of his finger off, so he just got a nub. I love listening. I just love listening to you li- watch those things. Oh, God, it's it's I I I you know, Billy, I don't do good with blood and guts. I'm I hey, no, I don't. There, there was no blood or guts there. No, but just things that have to do with body, you know, things. That's yeah. just wrong. Joints bending in ways they're not supposed to, or is, is will kind of weird you out. God, you know, how do you put that crap back? I mean, how do you fix that? Especially fix it enough so you can go back out and play. Pop it back in the socket. You just dislocated it. You just pop it back in. If you can see, there's another video where you can see him pushing it back in. One guy's grabbing him. The other guy's got his hand. You can see they're getting ready to jam it back in. You know, I, 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 yeah, it's, I, I think it's okay to cry in moments like that. Yeah. The only thing I ever did was when I was, in Pop Warner football, I had a guy pick me up and throw me down, and my shoulder partially came out of socket. Mm-hmm. And my coach, I walked out, and I couldn't move my arm. It's just hanging there. And I'm like, <gasps> I couldn't breathe. And he's like, he looks, he feels it, and he can tell. And he goes, okay, hold on. And he starts rubbing my shoulder in a circle. And then all of a sudden, he just went, wham, and just popped it right back in. <laughs> he could feel it pop in. I was like, <gasps> and it was crazy. I couldn't play. I mean, I hardly moved my arm for like a week. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's the worst thing I ever. Uh, so, anyways, all right, Beach, good, uh, good makes me want to puke right there. Okay. Yeah, I always love listening to your reactions. All right, Beach, it is time for our final. Yeah, so as we said earlier, there is no, um, Tommy Tuberville Jackass of the Week award. There was no jackassery going on. Just you. I, Just I, you. I, I did some deep dives looking, and I couldn't find anything. So, Beach, it is now time for our Rosie Ruiz Cheaters and Horrors. She's just a girl. She's a ball. She's a ball. Okay. Today's cheaters and whores. So as I'm thinking on Sunday, who would make a good cheater and whore for tonight? And then a picture popped up on my Facebook. It wasn't Harvey Weinstein, Weinstein, uh, even though he would make a good one. But another person who has been lying to the public for years and getting rich doing it. He talks about it. He despises the rich and how they are greedy and self-absorbed, yet he is the most greedy, self-absorbed, hypocritical, <clears throat> fat bastard on the planet. Who is to that of which I speak? 
none other than the overrated filmmaker Michael Moore. <laughs> now, while all of Michael Moore's uh, uh, movies have been labeled as documentaries, they are probably closer to This is Spinal Tap than The Life and Times of Harvey Milk. The first movie that got, gave him street cred in Hollywood was the film titled Roger and Me uh, about GM in the mid to late 1980s. You see, Michael grew up in Flint, Michigan. If you're not sure where Flint is, just picture Detroit as the asshole of America, and Flint is about 50 miles up it. Now, the basic premise of this movie was that Roger Smith, the General Motors CEO at the time, had just shut down several U.S. production plants, one of those plants being in Flint, Michigan. Uh, they were shut down due to the high cost of union labor contracts and the fact that the plants were incredibly inefficient. Uh, people don't realize this, but it takes General Motors. They've cut it down, but back in the late 80s, early 90s, it took General Motors about 20 to 30 more hours to make a vehicle than their Japanese competitors did. And when you start looking at the cost of labor hours, that's incredible. Mm -hmm. uh, so GM was losing market share and revenue. And they were doing anything they could to cut costs, including closing many plants. So Mr. Moore's movie was a quest to talk to Roger Smith and make a plea for the people of Flint, Michigan. So the movie goes on about the efforts of the city of Flint to try and weather this economic storm. It talks about the unemployed GM workers who struggled to find employment. And it talks about Moore's efforts to talk to Roger Smith. He goes to GM headquarters and gets the runaround. He goes to Smith's Yacht Club and then his athletic club. And at both locations, he gets escorted out by security. And then he attends a GM shareholder meeting, and they shut him off before he can ask his question. The movie ends with him never getting to see Roger Smith. Smith ends up looking like a rich, arrogant ass, and more, the champion of the little guy. He presents Roger Smith as being an emotionless, out-of-touch millionaire who only cares about money and himself in the bottom line. That would be a great narrative to sell to the audience if Roger Smith never talked to Michael Moore. But the irony is, if the, in this mockumentary that Roger Smith did have a meeting with Michael Moore on two different occasions. But that footage never made it into the movie. Probably an oversight, but then again, as is the cheaters and horse, this is the cheaters and horse section of the podcast. Uh, in another one of Moore's films, Bowling for Columbine, about America, crime, and gun control, he takes a trip to Canada. He talks about Canada's low crime rate and the fact that no one locks their front doors. He seemingly walks into house after house, by just turning the knob, not knocking, just walks right in on Canadian families watching TV or having dinner. Again, a great narrative present to the audience. Unfortunately, in reality, it wasn't true. Only about 40% of the houses were unlocked. The other 60% were locked. But again, those scenes didn't make the final cut. I'm guessing more must have had time constraints for the film because no honest filmmaker would present such misleading information to their audience and present it as fact. But then again, Michael Moore is today's cheater and whore. So facts be damned is not about presenting the truth in Moore's world. It's about presenting ideology, an ideology that does not stand up to reality. So Michael Moore just edits the facts. And Moore is not the only one who does this. This selective editing is rampant in today's media. So to our audience out there, it is important to always hear both sides of any issue and make sure what you see or read was the full account. Being truly informed is the key. Everyone has an agenda. And in this case, Michael Moore's agenda is to be a big fat cheater and whore. <laughs> wow. Wow. Yeah. You know, it's funny. In uh, Bowling for Columbine, he pissed off uh, Trey Parker and Matt Stone, the creators really? of South Park. Oh, yeah. 
Oh yeah, because uh, he interviewed them and he totally took what they said out of context and manipulated it. Pissed him off. That's why if you watch Team America World Police, that's got, why they blow him up like a big fat piece of ham. Yeah, and he's like, blah, blah, blah. he's always eating food and blah, blah blah, and they blow him up. Yeah. I had no idea that that's why they made fun of him so oh, much. Oh yeah, they they just pissed him off. You're like, you're not even taking what we see. You totally took what we said out of context and manipulated what we said. You know, and that's what pisses me off about today's media is, and it's it's on all sides, but how they just take a portion. Oh, this is this is the snippet we want to get. You know, it was funny on, on a completely like fake media crap. So this meme comes around on my Facebook, and I, I rarely repost stuff yeah. unless it's from a valid source and it's, it's decent. Yeah. But – I see this picture, and it's the Seattle Seahawks locker room, and it says, look what the Seattle Seahawks did in their locker room before the game. And it shows all of these guys looking like they're cheering on one of the players who's standing in the middle who appears to be dancing with a flag that's burning on fire, uh-huh. right? Yeah. And they're like, see, this is what they did before they took a knee at, on Sunday's game. <laughs> and so I'm looking at the picture, and I'm like going, this can't be freaking real. It looked real, but I'm like, this can't be freaking real. Because you could see the coach in the corner. And I'm like, there's no way. Oh, dang it, his name's escaping me. Who's coach of the Seahawks? Uh, Pete Carroll. Pete Carroll. There's no way Pete Carroll would be sitting there cheering on as they're burning an American flag, let alone the whole damn team doing it, right? Yeah. And so I Google it really quick because it doesn't take that much to Google. And I'm like, and it shows the original photo with the guy dancing in the middle of the thing without a flag burning in his hand. And you're like going, ah, so somebody just got bored, put it in there, and then tried to see how far this thing would go. Yeah. And evidently enough people take it because they want to be angry. They want to be passionate about something. They want to sell their feelings to it, the it, nation on their social media. It, it fits, it's like, it fits you know, the narrative they want. Yeah. And you just – again, it's just as bad as <laughs> Michael Moore doing his shit. So I, yeah. I just I, – I get so tired of it. And you know, it's like I was listening to uh, – an interview today on the news. It was on Fox news or, or I don't know. It was, it was a rebroadcast of another, of a news station. And the, they want to try to make you guilty by association. Yeah. Well, you do. So, so you agree with what Trump is doing. It's not whether I agree or disagree. It's what he did. And it's the policies that we're, we're following, you know, but, but they want to try to dirty everybody up with, with stuff. It's like, why are you trying to steer the audience? Here's what he wants. This is what they're doing. And this is the outcome. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't understand why they try to make everybody so dirty all the time. No, I mean, on, on, the same thing's happening with this, this Weinstein. Oh stuff. yeah. You know? Yeah. So yeah. Well, he took the money. You need to give the money back. Cause it came from a, from a, a rapist and a thing. Well, yeah. Yeah, then, you know, then all the Clinton's money should go back to. Yeah. So, but it's all about influence. It's all about money. And, you know, the biggest problem you got is the biggest problem we've got in general with all of this crap, with a, with people of influence that are that are manipulating their employees to do things that they don't want to do, in the case of Weinstein and all this and, and, and the sexual harassment that goes on, too much power. Yep. If if you don't like it, then quit promoting people to have power. You know my, uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah. So there we go. Freaking. It always comes back around. Yeah. That's what I tried to so, do. All right, all right. Yeah. 
right, uh, that's a good. Fetch, I, 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 he's a fetch theater and whore. I yeah. can't stand the man. When I went, when after I watched, because I watched Roger and me, you know, a couple decades ago. Yeah, me too. And, it pissed and, me off. Uh, Oh, it did me too because they tried to present these guys, the 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 employees, of GM as victims. And I remember them trying to work at a Taco Bell, exactly. and a guy, a guy who put tires on a freaking vehicle could not assemble a freaking burrito or a taco. Yeah, okay. at, at so I, I, can't, I can't, I can't do this. I can't do this. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and I'm just like, you know, this just tells you that they were incredibly overpaid for assembling vehicles. Yeah. So. Yeah, and and not just and not just the. The amount of hours put into it, just the legacy costs. Oh yeah, yeah. You know. Well, and that's what people don't realize. What really took General Motors out was healthcare costs. Yeah. They 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 thought when they were making union contracts back in the I think it was the early 2000s, yeah. they had thought that healthcare costs had peaked, and so they made pretty lucrative contracts with the UAW at the time, which offered a lot more coverage on healthcare, and they didn't realize that healthcare costs were going to go so high. And it was that assuming of those healthcare costs that ultimately, you know, that between that, the this drastically slowing economy and, and incredibly bad management. But but the cost and, and they were and most of GM's plants were union plants too, which didn't help anything. Mm-hmm. Most of the Japanese auto manu- man, auto manufacturers move their plants into uh, right to work states. Yeah. Where they don't have to deal with unions. Yeah. Which so. uh, uh <clears throat> that's why they're leaving California, going to Texas. Exactly. Exactly. Anyways, exactly. All right, Beach. All right. Well, uh, that's all we have for show number ninety-nine. Next week will be show number one hundred. I think we need a kazoo's or something. I don't know. Oh, okay. Maybe we can come up with something. I got a weekend to think about it. If you'd like to comment, send a suggestion, or ask a question, there's a few ways to get in touch with us. HeinrichTailgater at gmail.com. Follow me on Twitter. I'm at HeinrichTailgater. Also check out HeinrichTailgater on Facebook. Oh, wait a minute. I forgot. I had to look up the reviews. Yeah. Anything? I'm I'm looking it up. Not a typing master. I I was happy to hear our cousin Kimmy actually listens from all the way up in Alaska. Yeah, we got yeah we got emails from. Uh, okay, so here we go. And I can't believe. And, and what was crazy was she sends me the text. And she referenced the one that you had just put up at like midnight the night before. Oh, and oh, 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 We got, we, we did get, okay. We had, we have a rating here from, that's 2015. Okay. Here we go. September 26, 2017. This is by G-I-N-G 6789. Why do I think that's ginger? Okay. <laughs> here we go. It's a good one though. Provides weekly sunshine rainbows and smart assery along with great weekly beaver sports updates and even a song download it you won't be sorry Ooh, i like that one here's another one okay that one was a five star great podcast okay now, wow now we've got another one five stars and it's from oregon grown 68 this is october 12th so this was wow. from your call out here beach okay oregon grown 68 title best oregon state tailgate fan podcast Damn straight. It says, <laughs> the after episode extras are worth listening for. I like these guys' rants and love for all things orange. They host great tailgates and are real people. I hear they get few reviews, so this is mine. Listen for the cheaters and horrors every week. Go Beeves. 
Wow, awesome! I'm 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 getting a little I'm I'm a little aroused here, Billy. I'm not gonna lie. There you go. We got three customer. Re- we got three reviews. The one from and I Steve think... Wolf in 2015 only gave us three stars. Wow. What? Well, I hope you know if he's still listening. I hope he can go in there and edit it or maybe correct it or something. But anyways, so there you go, Beach. There you go. So remember, unless he, unless you know he wasn't that jackass Oregon fan, was he? Oh, what was that dude's name? I still got his email. Oh, I hate that guy. I hate him more than I hate Kyle. Uh, yeah. What was that dude's name? It was... It was Jack. Jack Larison. It was in 2013. Okay. Anyways, I want to remind everyone you can listen to us and subscribe on iTunes. Remember, please leave a rating and review. We'll read it next week. Um, listen to us on your iPhone or Android device with Stitcher Radio app. Also, check out uh, our Facebook page, Hyper uh, Tailgater. Beach, show number, Billy. Nine, number 98. It's been great. Dude, I'm totally going to like send you something for our anniversary next week. Okay, next week, show 100. And be a short week because we got a midweek tailgater to get ready for. All right. All right, no beef games this week. But you know what? As always, go beefs. All right, that was good.
You know, I gotta listen to this damn song because I'd never heard it. I, I I don't know this. I don't know the. Uh, you have it. Do I have it? Pretty sure you do. Yeah, but I only listen to like five Queen songs ever. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's good. So. One Vision. One Vision. Gimme, gimme, gimme fried chicken. Um, I never knew. Um, what was I gonna say? Oh, um, yeah, freaking. Uh, what was the hell? Um. Flash Gordon. That was a weird freaking movie. Yeah. Sucked. So. Yeah, did it suck? Yeah. Okay. All right. Here I'm going to play it, so we'll see how it goes. <sighs> I think Queen was heavy into drugs back in the 70s. What do you think? This was in the 80s. Oh, it was 80s? Yeah. has that whole flash board sound to it. You listen to it? I'm listening to it right now. Give me, give me, give me they need more cowbell. <laughs> like a minute into this, they have to sing. Okay, I've never heard this song in my life. Really? Yep. Really, it's a good one. Give me, yeah. give me, give me. I mean, the, the... listen all the way through the end because he goes, here you go, give me, give me, give me fried chicken. I can totally, I can totally hear it as a soundtrack song though. Mm-hmm. You could have used it for like Karate Kid. Yeah. I wonder if you like fried chicken. I don't know. Did you hear? I'm not there yet. This is the final line of the song mm-hmm. in the studio live and blurred vision versions. In the album and extended versions, the line before the final "God works in mysterious ways, mysterious ways." It's fried chicken. Although, low, although the lyrics, one vision, 